We've all seen it before, just like splitting up the will after a family member passes away. Artists' estates are the messiest arrangement in the music industry. Why is that? Like, you have Ed Sheeran playing guitar in court, singing for his rights. You have Aaliyah's music not being on streaming services until 2021. Music rights and the right to put out the work of deceased artists is so complicated. So today I want to unpack how did it come to this and is there anything can be done to fix it? The key question for me is, who should run an artist's estate? Should it be family? How should an artist's reputation be protected? And as I will get into, is all the artist's ephemera after passing considered historical context and a reference point, or is uncovering it going against the wishes of the artist? So let's start here. What is an estate? Basically, it's a company set up to manage the works and likeness of an artist after they pass. Now, there are copyright laws that say that for 70 years, the copyright goes into the hands of whoever inherits the business and the works, whether it's family members, band members, or record label owners or managers, people that have been bequeathed the rights. And unfortunately, on the surface, artist estates are seen as a bad thing because you're seeing them suing people, you're seeing them hold back rights onto different streaming platforms, and it can kind of feel like anti-fan. But when you really think about it and you think about the John Lennon estate and how much money it makes, they have to do so much. And you could have so many people in that estate just managing things like copyright and licensing, collection of royalties, merchandise, authentication, and making sure that you're licensing merchandise to the right people, authenticating works, whether it's lyrics, whether it's recordings, whether it's video, to say this is authentic and we give the rights for you to use it. It's rights to their likeness, it's rights to their story, whether you're making films or scripts. Obviously it's rights to unreleased works, current existing works, it's the storage and preservation and upkeep of these things. It is the management, marketing and rollout of potential releases that are in the vault that might want to be released, sometimes against the artist's will. It's the legal work, it's the accounting work, it's the reporting, it's the emails, it's the management. And most importantly, it is keeping the value of the asset that these trusts hold as a responsibility as high as possible. So it's keeping it relevant. It's maintaining that reputation and exploiting it respectfully sometimes. You can even extend as far as tourist attractions. I went to a Jimi Hendrix apartment in London and that was managed with artifacts and recreations. And who manages that? The artist estate. Essentially, artist estate can be quite boring, a lot of bookkeeping, a lot of approval of things. But what happened is more often than not, people know artist estate for being in the news all the time for suing different artists for copyright infringement, not allowing people to release their samples. Or secondly, you notice that the artist estate is totally mishandling the artist's works, whether it is overly licensing things, releasing too much stuff or holding back too much stuff. Before we get into the problems, I asked you guys on threads, who's doing it well and who's not doing it well? And this is what you said. Tentacion did a very poor job, in my opinion, where it feels like he's being constantly milked. This is not music, but still relevant. So curious about Basquiat's estate. His work is on every product ever but he had never had children. Juice World had an insane vault that constantly gets sampled and released in a new mix. Sometimes it feels like he's still around. The Prince Estate has done both. 
an amazing job blessing us with sampling of his vault material. However, he was adamant that there was a reason that the vault remained closed. What are the future plans of estates of living legends like Beyonce, Pharrell, etc.? What kind of planning goes into something like that? Great question. I'll get to that later. Mac Miller's estate beautifully helped finish his last album and the anniversary releases of his album have been top tier. So as you can see from that small sample size, Artists can do it well. It is possible, but it's so rife. So let's get into it. You know, the number one problem with artists' estates is death. <laughs> I know that sounds obvious to say, but the estate and the business of the Beatles, for instance, is doing really well as a business because Ringo's still alive, Yoko's still alive, and Paul McCartney's still alive. But when an artist dies, all hell breaks loose because depending on the will, who has the permission and who is the one that's going to make the right decisions? Immediately what jumps out to me is how immature this industry is because when you look at the fine art world, foundations and trusts and auction houses have been around for a long time, knowing respectfully in a way how to handle the works of an artist. Whereas the complexity of the music industry is still very much being ironed out. The first issue that comes into it is debt. When the artist passed, were they making money and who were they owing money to and how quickly do you need to clear that debt? This is usually when record labels come in and say, we need to, they just died, we need to release something tomorrow because we need our money back and we're not gonna make our money back anytime soon unless we capitalize on this moment, which is completely messed up. The second problem is often around family, people that are likely not trained in any business of music rights and copyright and are left to handle the estate of an artist and know what to do with it. In the best case scenario, the family has the artist's best interest at heart. They want to respect the wishes of the artist and they wanna protect their reputation. The worst case scenario is, as we've seen a lot, family that just want to milk it and make money and get rich as quickly as possible and sell the rights to absolutely everything and anything. Low key, I also think the fan is a problem because I think that we don't necessarily understand or respect that the artists have a complicated rights structure and we might demand things on platforms. We might want more from the vault if there's any there, not knowing how complicated the life or the wishes of that artist was. So why don't we talk about a few examples? Let's start with Jean-Michel Basquiat. I know it's not music, but I think it's really pertinent because I think a lot of people have seen that the Basquiat name is everywhere. So the Basquiat estate is run by his two sisters. Now, on the one hand, you can see people walking with Basquiat hoodies, phone cases, and kind of making the brand quite tacky. But at the same time, I would argue they've done a really great job of keeping his name relevant and also kind of cool. And I'm sure that his artworks are being sold for a whole lot of money. The most contentious one is Prince. If you go to his Wikipedia page and you look at Prince's vault, there are hundreds of music videos. There are so many albums that are in the vault that were recorded that may not ever see the light of day. And against the artist's wishes, maybe some of these are coming out. Now, I've worked in the music industry and I know that a lot of music videos and records get shelved because the artist is just not happy with the output. It is not what they wanted. It didn't turn out how they expected and they don't want it to come out. And therefore, should we feel like we should have some ownership over Prince's vault and we should see that stuff that he recorded? I remember seeing a video about Kendrick Lamar saying that he has thousands and thousands of songs on a hard drive. And I think the radio host was like, excuse me, 
We want to hear that. But the complication here is that artists record so many songs all the time and they pick the best ones and present them to you. You're just going to hear the worst of Kendrick Lamar. And is that a good thing? Let's talk about the Beatles. I think they're doing a really great job of their estate, but that's probably because they have three out of the four members with representatives, two of them are alive. They have a CEO of Apple Corps who manages the rights and royalties and really protects where the Beatles are. As you may recall, it took them a long time to get on streaming services, a long time to get on iTunes. They wanted to be sure and they wanted to be ready. And I think they've managed their reissues really well, reissuing them on key moments in time. And they're also putting out things like the Get Back documentary, which I think was handled really well and presented beautifully. The Jeff Buckley estate, on the other hand, was super interesting because as soon as he passed, the estate went to his mother and the record label, because Jeff Buckley was in debt, wanted to release his shelved album. Now, Jeff Buckley's mother had to go through numerous amounts of executives to stand her ground and say, this needs to come out the right way. We shouldn't just be monetizing this because you need to make your money back. And if you have that person in your corner, then the better reputation you're going to have in the future. Now, the Marvin Gaye estates have been in the news loads, and I'm sure you're expecting me to talk about them. Why I feel I find this one interesting is that I feel like almost they have a bad rap because they have every right to go after Pharrell and Robin Thicke and say, we think that this is heavily influenced and interpolated from Marvin Gaye's work, and we want to have some compensation. That is essentially why copyright exists. Now, we can argue and look at it on the surface and say music should be music and everyone is allowed to reference what they like. But if you feel like people are ripping off your work, you have every right to take it to court. Do I personally think that Blurred Lines was anything close to Gotta Give It Up? I do think there's some inspiration there. Do I think that there needed to be some credits and some compensation? Personally, I don't think so. But that's also a problem because these court cases are so public and kind of sexy. We become judge and jury where there's a lot more complication and nuance there that we will never understand. News recently was that the John Lennon estate is now being headed by his son, passed on from Yoko Ono, who is no longer working. And I think they've done such a great job and keeping it in the family. And is it a bad thing for what people would call Nepo babies or maybe the children of famous people? to basically run their business and maintain that and be their way of building on their generational wealth. It's not such a bad thing if that family member is passionate about running that business, which normally they're not. So we have complexity around the law. We have complexity around copyright. We have complexity around death, record labels, debt, and family responsibility. And I think the key questions for me are about artifacts, because when we think about music history, and when I think about fine art. Say, for example, Picasso has thousands of sketches that are sold in the world and hung on family walls in the suburbs anywhere. Is that such a bad thing or does it give some reverence to an artist that you can kind of own an accessible part of their legacy? And when it comes to things like vault recordings, whether it's Juice World or Tentacion, is there a way that it can be managed that we can experience these drafts without it kind of being remixed, remodeled, redesigned to be a whole new album that the artist didn't want? Or is there a way to communicate that this album they weren't happy with, but we can still experience it without the full exploitation of being on streaming services and kind of 
being a bit icky and ruining their reputation a little bit. As I talk about this and think about this, I do think that there should be another arrangement where we can kind of experience the world and the artifacts of these artists, perhaps against the artist's wishes, but treating it like an, a historical artifact rather than a release that we need to compare to the greatest albums of all time. Whether it's a website, whether it's a museum, whether it's an exhibition, allowing fans of the artist to make a deeper connection with their artist by listening to demos, seeing some scribbled lyrics, maybe listening to a collaboration that they really hated, gives us more context and gives us more love and passion for the artist, which is really interesting. A lot of this is about ownership and art and that argument, because once you put music out into the world, essentially you don't own it anymore because, because it becomes the fans. So when an artist says that I do not wish this to come out, I do think that should be respected. But at the same time, they might not realize how much respect and appreciation people would have to be able to access some of the workings and drafts that they had made. In many ways, I could see a world in which all of their ephemera goes into some foundation, some trust that can be protected, but then presented in a beautiful way that we can really love and enjoy. And it begs the question, is more more? Is more better? Because I'll look at an artist that might have released one album and really cherish and love that album and love that there's not much more about that artist. At the same time, do I need a website or a museum of all of their work and scribblings? Maybe not because you see artists like the Rolling Stones, you go to their Spotify page, you don't just find their list of albums. You also have all these diffusion albums and remix albums and all these things, seasonal albums that make you really confused. And it makes it harder for you to be a fan in a certain way because there it's harder to have an access point into that artist. So you can really botch the job up when you're presenting or marketing your artist when people want a clean entry point because there's this whole world. If Prince released every one of his Vault albums, it's gonna be really hard to consume what the artist thought was the best work and the artists do know what their best work is. At the same time, the story is like Neil Young where there's a record that he was denied from putting out because the record label said it sounds like demos. And that was in the late 70s. And it only came out a few years ago. The record label has actually realized this is actually quite decent and maybe we should release this. I wish we'd released it at the time. Doo -doo. That is the sound of the ad sponsor of the day. It is Turntable Lab. Dot com, the ever faithful, the ever trusty Turntable Lab. They've been hanging out with us on the podcast for a while now, so make sure you check them out. Who are they? Well, if you're browsing on the internet and you want to know where to go for the trusted source of audio gear, hi-fi equipment and records and turntables, the lab of turntables, turntablelab.com is the place to go. They have not only everything for the audio enthusiasts, styluses, turntable speakers, cables, accessories, everything like that. They also have the lab, which is their dedicated record store, which has 100,000 records in stock. So they have this deal called the four or more deal where you can take 10% off when you buy four or more records, which is I think really great for shipping because shipping always kills me at the end of the day. So you can check that out at turntablelab.com or you can go turntablelab.com forward slash Derek for my selections that you can uh, peruse and see what I'm into as well. Thank you so much, Turntable Lab, for sponsoring the podcast. So some ideas of how we can kind of clean up this mess as much as we have this thought exercise going on. One is training and mentorship. 
The NBA have this training with people that are about to come into a lot of money, the players, and training them how to manage their money because there's some crazy percentage of how many NBA players go poor immediately after leaving the league. And so there should be some sort of foundation or trust that educates artists into how to set up and manage their wills and design their business for the future because someone has to manage it. If you're a tiny artist or the biggest artist in the world, I think a lot of artists don't think about this until it's too late and then all their work is just remixed and remodeled into oblivion. One could argue also that an artist's works could almost fall into some automatic trust or foundation, some way of protecting it so that the right individual can be ordained or given responsibility that has the artist's best interest in mind because it gets really messy. You look at people like Jimi Hendrix who signed rights to so many different people and that's why the Jimi Hendrix estate is kind of messy right now where perhaps there's some arbitration after the artist's death where there's a pause and there's an identification of where the works are, who has it, and then identifying who is the best person to lead that, whether it is a family member or whether it's a CEO. Some artists are dealing with this in a very different way. As they're alive, they're realizing, well, it's going to be really hard to make so much money and so much management to make all this money off my work. And people are buying their rights to their publishing, their songwriting. So people like Justin Bieber, Neil Young, Bob Dylan, they all get paid hundreds of millions of dollars so that someone else can basically manage the rights of that work in the future. What do you get now? Hundreds of millions of dollars. What will you get not in the future? possibly a lot more, but you will have to set up all these trusts and have people manage it in the right way. And maybe you just take the money and run. I do think if it isn't in there already that record labels should have in their contracts something about death and how it will be managed. And there will be a pause until the right person is established to run the estate. Because I think that where all these things fall down is like I said, labels wanna make their money back and they wanna exploit it as much as possible while those executives that signed that artist are alive. Now, respect to the art, respect to the arts, respect to the artists should be in contracts to say, we understand and we've learned from the past and we want to build your legacy to be as lucrative, but as successful and maintain their reputation as much as possible. I think this is such a fascinating topic and I do think it's somewhat unfortunate that a lot of these court cases put a bad light on what an artist's estate represents because for so many artists, it is a business function. It is the way that their families can make a whole lot of money and a way to secure the future of multiple generations. And what we see mostly is the Marvin Gaye estate suing and Ed Sheeran playing guitar. But ultimately, there does need to be a maturing of these estates and how we think and talk about them so that we can celebrate music as much as we love it. So the question to you is this, what do you think? Should families run it? Should there be an external entity? Should there be a function or a trigger where no artist can just set up an estate without some sort of legal arbitration in order to set it up correctly? Do you think that we own the rights to the artist's vault work? Should we have access to it? Or should we just let it live? Maybe we should burn it and never think about it again. I'm in two minds about this stuff because on the one hand, I like the artist's reputation being pure and not messy and allowing new fans to experience their art as cleanly as possible. At the same time, I know when I'm most passionate about an artist, I love to see everything. I love to learn about 
all of their tapes that they recorded, all their demos in recent history. It might be their project files for their Ableton session and being able to hear those stems. All those things I would love to hear, but I think there's a way somewhere to do it right. Let me know. This has been Derek G Speaks Volumes. Bye for now.